It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in on Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. On today's show, you're going to hear from Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. He's, well, he's moving. So this might be the last time we talk to Jim for a while on the podcast. Plus, I caught up with Tyler Boyd earlier today in the Bengals locker room. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, like I said, uh, on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals. And by the way, this is the only daily Bengals podcast out there. So if you know Bengals fans that aren't listening yet, or maybe have listened a little bit, but it's it's been a while, let them know. We're doing this every single weekday, and uh, it's certainly great for you, uh, or, or great for me, that you are listening to this today. Uh, a lot to get to. Let's dive into it here. Jim Osarski coming up in a bit. But first, let's hear from Tyler Boyd, a confident Tyler Boyd, a comfortable Tyler Boyd, a a Tyler that, well, seems really settled in his number two wide receiver role. I caught up with Tyler Boyd earlier today in the Bengals locker room. Tyler, what's the biggest difference uh, for you in this offense this year versus where you were at a year ago? Uh, well, now just starting to develop a new role in this offense, you know, being a number two receiver, number two guy, you know, how to step up big time, you know, and to make it more plays, you know, knowing what I had to do on the field, you know, and just, just, just taking care of myself. You know, I think I do a great job of learning the game and learning different techniques to get through coverages and stuff. But I think I just got to keep my mental my, uh, m- m- my uh, mental state uh, balanced out, you know, so I'm not overwhelmed with the plays and my leadership. Is that what what changed last year versus this year for you the most is, is the mental side of the game because obviously you had a, a breakout rookie year it seemed like you were going to build on that in year two and unfortunately that wasn't the case but now it seemed like you, you and the offense as a general might take a step forward here in year three the only mental thing i think i need to improve on is just starting to learn more to z now that i'm number two you know i, I got the the F down pack, you know, I know the Z pretty good. You know, I just got to make sure I master that and master my craft at, at that position. In the locker room with Tyler Boyd, uh, you look at this wide receiver room, and I, I feel like we've talked about it really since Josh and John were drafted, but does it feel like it's coming together now where the young guys, you, Josh, John, even Auden Tate, Alex Erickson, everyone fits together well and the pieces are coming together for a big potential offensive explosion this season? Definitely no, because we got we got we got fresh guys out there, guys that's that's massively hungry, you know, guys that's that's willing and dying to get out there on the field and make plays, you know, that we've been doing since we got here, you know, and uh, every every guy gonna want the best out of each other, you know, and we do a great job of motivating each other and grinding hard and and, 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 and uh, competing with one another, you know, and plus besides all that, you know, we all have a, a great friendship and we all cool, we're all real tight, you know, so we all want everybody to play a part. We want people to be able to go in in certain plays and get the ball you know we don't want to just be me AJ all the time you know we, we're, we're able to get me and AJ a break or whenever we tire and get two fresh guys in and continue what we was doing that drive you know so it's just like I think it makes it a lot easier for our offense to improve than what it was last year 
Tyler, when you look at the film from last week, obviously the first-team offense scored two out of three possessions, and, and outside of John Slip, you guys looked pretty good throughout. Uh, when you look back at the film, what did you see? What did you like? What did you not like? I just like the speed, you know, how we were moving, you know, and how things were just clicking. You know, we wasn't even running too much of our offense. You know, we were just doing basically the fundamental things of our offense. You know, we wasn't trying to show too much. And I noticed, like, we were still kind of unstoppable at the time, you know, and I really didn't dislike anything that we were doing. You know, I think everything worked out well for the ones and what we wanted to accomplish for that game, you know. So I think it went pretty well, and it pretty and, and it could tell that we started where we left off from last year. A few more questions in the Bengals locker room with Tyler Boyd. Obviously, you guys have Dallas on Saturday. What do you want to see from this offense? What do you want to see from yourself on Saturday to kind of to progress and improve? This is basically just the consistency, you know, of us driving the ball. You know, I believe... We're going to continue to do what we do, you know, until a team can come in there and prove us wrong. You know, I don't think there's any team out there that can do that. You know, with the amount of talent that we have on our team, you know, especially on offense, you know, every guy on the field is is a threat. You know, so I, I don't think that guys can even game plan AJ and keep continue to double him because they got other guys to worry about now that they didn't feel – was much of as effective that it was that guys were last year. So I think that the film and what we displaying, you know, is showing the league that we got weapons. Obviously, last year the offensive line was a question mark and had its struggles uh, last season. Uh, what have you seen from them early on this year? Obviously, they have a new coach. They got some new faces in that room. And does that give you confidence as a wide receiver? Uh, it's just, it's just, I see a lot of commitment in those guys. You know, dedication and hard work, man. Those guys is putting it all out there, you know, to show the league that we're not the 32 offense, you know, or the best lineman. We're not going to uh, discredit any one of the units on our offense. We're all one, you know, so, I mean, we all had to get tight. It wasn't just those guys, you know, but I felt like they all bound in and they want what everybody else wants is to win. Tyler, I appreciate the time. Good luck on Saturday. Appreciate you, bro. That is one of my favorite Bengals. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know if you guys know that or what. I know I'm known as the John Ross guy. Tyler Boyd is one of my favorite Bengals, and I think he's poised for a huge year. You heard it here first. He will be second on this team in receptions this year. I don't know about yards. I think yards might go to Ross. I don't know about touchdowns. I think that might go to Eifert. But as far as receiving, uh, receptions-wise, he's going to be second on this team, barring something unforeseen. I really believe that, and I think all of the pieces, and you heard me kind of talk about that, all of the pieces of this offense, at least on paper, they fit together. And I can't wait to see what happens on uh, Saturday night. We'll have a complete preview of Bengals-Cowboys preseason game number two on tomorrow's podcast. Up next, I caught up with Jim Osarski yesterday, Cincinnati.com. He's leaving for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He, he came from there. He's, he's cov- uh, covered Green Bay before. He will be their Packers beat writer. But I decided I, I would have him on my radio show before he goes. And uh, you're going to hear some of that. Some interesting tidbits from Jim. On a ton of different things, including Geno Atkins, a potential deal with him, including his perception and the perception of Mike Brown and the Bengals organization and how he felt about it before he got here and now how he looks at the organization. All of that and more coming up here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. If you haven't used Vivid Seats yet or VividSeats.com, they got a great app and it is perfect for you. If you want to go to any type of live event, whether we're talking about a Bengals game, talking about a Reds game. Maybe you want to go to week two. That's the game that 
I think a lot of Bengals fans will have marked. It's prime time. It's Thursday night. It's five days after the opener. It's the Bengals home opener, and it's against division rival Baltimore. Let's say you want to go to that. The best place to get tickets, vividseats.com in the Vivid Seats app. If you use promo code Locked On, you're going to get 10% off your order before August 31st. So you got to get it in before the end of August, before the regular season starts, but you can buy it for any event, any type of uh, sporting event you could think of. I'm going to use the Vivid Seats app when I go to Wrigley Field. I'm going to Wrigley Field later this month, going to watch the Cubs and the Reds. And you can, too, save 10% off your first order throughout the month of August with Vivid Seats in the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you the 10% off. By the way, everything's guaranteed. You don't got to worry. This isn't like uh, some silly service where it's not guaranteed. Your ticket's guaranteed. It's easy. It's really awesome. And uh, we got 10% off since you listen to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Again, vividseats.com, promo code Locked On. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. By the way, before we get to Jim Osarski, I've heard uh, some of you respond about the voicemail idea. More responses would be great. Uh, I'm going to set it up. It's a thing that I think I'm going to do. I just want to hear from a few more of you. I don't want to do it, and then no one really want to chime in that way. I get it. You like email. You like Twitter. And I love when getting emails from listeners, and most of the time I try to respond. Most of the time I try to respond to your, your DMs as well. If there are anything, uh, any concerns, any thoughts on the whole voicemail idea, let me know. But uh, as of now, I'm probably going to do it, but I would love to hear from more of you. Also, it seems like the Spotify idea you guys liked a lot, the, the creating a Bengals playlist. Now, I'm going to wait for the rosters to get cut to, to 53 because 90 plus songs, uh, that, that's a lot, you know, but I think that that is something we will certainly do throughout the season as well. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast, and let's dive into it. I caught up with Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, yesterday on my show on ESPN 1530. By the way, that's noon to one every single weekday. And uh, here's my conversation with Jim, who's headed to Wisconsin. What's one thing about the Bengals that you thought about or, or you thought of? going in, just seeing them from afar that you feel differently about now as you kind of say your goodbyes and go back to Green Bay? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I'll say I sort of fell into the national narrative of how little the team would spend on football. I, I think, um, you know, when you're not in this town or in this market and you're not really diving into the salary cap or whatnot, and I understand that they roll over stuff. There's always money. I, I get that. But I think nationally it's sort of perpetuated and pushed that uh, the, the club doesn't really spend on, on its players. And then, you know, I got here and you go into it and you're like, oh, wow, like at various points in their careers, you know, Carson Palmer, Geno Atkins, A.J. Green were the highest paid players at their position, you know, in the NFL. Like they were the ones who set the market. 
you know, when you're when, when you look around the landscape now at, at Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack and, and and the quarterback conversation with Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, I, it's interesting in that regard, James, because I think from from far away, that's all that's sort of out there, and I think that goes with well, they haven't really advanced past that first round, so the national media doesn't really swarm in and you know do a whole lot of extra reporting on that stuff. So, I, you know, I understand that people might feel they don't spend enough, but the reality is is that they do, you know, at least for their own guys. Um, so I, I think that would be the one biggest difference uh, that I maybe didn't expect to, to learn coming here four years ago. Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, is with us, and – yeah, so let's say you, you're you're covering the Packers, and afterwards you you go out to happy hour or something like that on a random Thursday a year from now, and the the Bengals happen to be on the schedule at some point, and a fan comes up and says, "Well, Mike Brown doesn't want to win." What, what what do you say to the 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 person who says that? Uh, no, he he does want to win. Uh, that, that I I've had many conversations with with Mike Brown these four years. I actually just did. Uh, at camp the other day, and he wants to win, but there's the but, and it's he, he wants to win the way they're doing it. You know, um, I would say that. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, they're, I, I just mentioned some free agents. You know, they're not going to go spend $15 million on Dominic and Sue. You know, they're, they're not going to uh, sign that type of, that type of player. Uh, and we could get into the debate on that. We we have debated that for the last three, four years, James. I know, but uh, I, I would say that yeah, Mike Brown wants to win. That's that's for sure. Um, it's just he wants to do it the way that he believes is right, and that's the way he's doing it now. Jim Osarski is with us here on ESPN fifteen thirty. And Jim, let's dive into training camp a little bit. Let's discuss what the uh, the Bengals have done so far. Obviously, the offensive line has been under the microscope. That's something we've been paying attention to for the better part of uh, two and a half years now uh, because of, of their struggles. What have you seen from Frank Pollock during training camp? What have you seen from the offensive line? And uh, has it been positive results so far? Yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely a positive turn from a year ago. Um, now, granted, that baseline's pretty low. Um, and let's not forget, you know, even in 2016, the, you know, there's some beloved players who left via free agency that also were part of a group that, that gave up 40 sacks, had a losing record. You know what I mean? So this has been a two-year kind of slide with a variety of guys. Um, and, and so the bar's low. <laughs> but, you know, they trade for a left tackle who's a real left tackle. Um, they, they draft the center. And and that was, right, That that's how this started. And I think those guys have been at least, I mean, to this to this show, James has been as advertised. Um, now the, the the question is is the the right side of the line, and and look, while, while that has yet to be determined, um, it may not be for another two two weeks or so. It's better than it was a year ago, um, and I say that because last training camp, Andy Dalton couldn't run offense. You know, he, he's running 11s against his own guys. And, yeah, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson can wreck a play at any moment. But for the most part, uh, you know, the Bengals want to run their stuff in practice. Like they, sure. You know, but they couldn't do it last year. Like Andy Dalton, it was such a, it was such a, 
window into what was going to happen where, you know, Andy Dalton couldn't get to the, the top of his drop and it would, you know, he was ducking that shoulder to get out of the way of somebody. So um, that, first of all, that hasn't happened all camp. And then, you know, against the Bears' first string defense, uh, Roquan Smith or not, I mean, that Vic Fangio's group is pretty good. Um, even in you know, even in vanilla stuff, and they they protected Andy Dalton, and, and he was able to to get the ball out. So, um, regardless of who finishes on the right side there, James, I, I think it is it's better. You know, we'll see week you know week one, week four, week six. You know, as injuries and time take the toll. But I mean, at least as of now, uh, I, I've been impressed. I mean, they made a change for a reason, and at least at least to me. On a day-to-day basis, it does look better. Jim Osarski of the Cincinnati Enquirer is with us today on Cincy 360. Jim, last year, 32nd in the league in total offense, the the, the Bengals yeah. were. And it was, it was awful. It was ugly at times. Offensively, I can't believe I'm asking this, but I think it's a legitimate question. Is this the best skill group the Bengals have had since you've been here, or at least since 2015? Yes. Because cause the thing that was, you know, in 15, if they don't win a Super Bowl in this sort of Dalton-Lewis era, James, I think 15, you know, I'm going to be doing your show here in, in, in 2025 talking about what could have been if Andy Dalton <laughs> doesn't hit his thumb. But, I, I mean, that was sort of – that sort of in the NFL this happens, James um, – you know, where you kind of just get that special group that all kind of matures together, and that, that's what happened. You know, especially when you talk about the, Sanu and Jones really hitting the beginning of their peak and and, and really blossoming, and Tyler Eifert, of course, was healthy. Um, and, and, you know, that defense uh, was so good. I mean, Vontaze Perfect missed six games, and, and they were 6-0, and oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... They're not as good as those guys because those guys are all, what, 27? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Um, but I would say over the last two years, you know, Jeremy Hill, stand-up guy in the locker room every day, but, you know, he's not as good as Joe Mixon. Uh, he wasn't as good as him last year. So that's an improvement. You know, Brandon LaFell, again, solid guy, good leader. Um, John Ross and Josh Malone are better. Um, Tyler Boyd's a better player. We're talking about that sweet spot of receivers. I think Tyler Boyd's hitting that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Eifert, I think anything he gives you is gravy, but Tyler Croft, um, you know, seven touchdowns a year ago. In 16, after Tyler Eifert got hurt, what was the tight end situation? You know, you, you didn't know. Um, so, I, you know, Giovanni Bernard is still very good. Uh, I like Mark Walton as sort of that third guy. I mean, he, he would be comparable to a Rex Burkhead if, you, if we want to play that game. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I'd say, um, look, Mike Brown, you want to talk about a guy who wanted to win. You know, he told me in January, you know, they believe in the quarterback, but they know, they know enough about Andy Dalton to know that he needs – he can play really well when those guys around him are better players. And – they felt they failed Andy in the offense in that way the last two years, so they've addressed it. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, we'll see on game days, James. But I, I do at least through camp. Um, this is this is the more more interesting set of skill guys since fifteen. 
Is it fair to say that Auden Tate, barring anything unforeseen, including injuries and things like that, is officially a lock to make the 53-man roster? Yeah, we, we Paul Daner Jr. and I had this exact debate on the, the CBT this week, James, at, at Cincinnati.com. I, Paul thinks he is a lock. He's like, you cannot cut that guy. I mean, he has one job, and, and he does it very well, which is catching football. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, – I hesitate to call anyone – outside of the obvious guy, locks before game two. Um, you know, I'd like to see him do some of this against some better defensive backs. Um, I think Marvin Lewis hinted at that this week, James, when he said, you know, some guys are going to play a little earlier. So I think if you see Auden Tate run out there before the final jump ball at, at the half, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um I think we all want to see that. I, I want to see it. I mean, receivers, that's the one thing. I mean, guy, look, I mean, he's, he's a very special, special catcher of the football, but they, I mean, they all kind of have to be to be here. So I, I want to see, does he continue to get that sort of top-of-the-route separation um, against dudes at, who are actually going to be on rosters? So for me, he's not a lock just yet, but, I mean, it's, it's pretty close. What about, and we don't talk about him much, I, I've called this guy a lock, and I think he is, and, and maybe you disagree. What about a guy like Alex Erickson? I think he's, he's certainly on the 53-man roster. Do you think he's a lock? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the on-take conversation is one of those cross-positional roster battles where, you you know, maybe you go at 90 linemen, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Alex Erickson... Um, it's interesting. I mean, he's a proven special teams player in these rules of the kick, kicking game, and we don't know what that's going to look like. And, you know, we've seen him score touchdowns. I mean, that's how he made this team two years ago in the preseason. Um, yeah, I, and I think he's shown enough in the slot, James. Like, at the very end of last year, in moments in camp, um, where I think he can be that extra guy. I mean, he's a little limited, I think, where, whereas – you look at John Ross, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, to a lesser extent, Josh Malone. I mean, at least the top three can, all, can play all three spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Erickson, I don't really think you're putting on the outside, but um, as a sort of fifth receiver, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Um, he's a good player. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a coach tell me you know, a year or two ago, I was asking, you know, after that rookie year, did Alex Erickson make the team? And, and he's like, look, you – those are guys, he's a guy you want. Alex Erickson will help you win a football game. Um, and, and I think at least to, to this point, he's proven he can, he can do that. Yeah, completely agree. Jim Osarski of the Cincinnati Enquirer is with us. I'm James Rapine. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Uh, Jim, let's switch to, to the other side. Let's talk defense. Uh, th- there's a lot of interesting moving pieces when it comes to this defense. I want to start with the cornerbacks because for the first time, in a while, it seems like after the big three corners in Dre Kirkpatrick, William Jackson, and Darquez Denard, there's some, I don't want to say restlessness, but question marks after those three guys. What what are your impressions of how the Bengals feel about their young corners? I would call it some unease. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I mean, and, and think about how weird that is to say. Like, you know, this, this group, um, I mean, since I've been here, that, that was – even, you know, 13, 14, that was the whole, you know, Terrence Newman was in town, Leon Hall was in town, it was the, the five 
first rounders, right? And Quez and Kirkpatrick couldn't get on the field. Um, you know, with they're they are thin to me, James. I mean, I, you know, it, it's been a long time to get to this point. But you're right. If, if Kirkpatrick, Denard, and Wayne Jackson the third get hurt or miss games, um, as of right now, I think they're in trouble. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen really anything out of the two fifth round corners and Darius Phillips and Devontae Harris that would make anyone comfortable, you know, with, with those guys playing right away. Um, Josh Shaw, Josh Shaw is Josh Shaw. You know what I mean? I, I think if he makes this team, it's, it's as a special teams, core special teamer. But we saw in Tennessee last year, James, when this situation with the corners happened, Josh Shaw was picked on. Mm-hmm. That whole game-winning drive and, and how many penalties did he have to set up that touchdown? Um, so, and yeah, that's one game. But, I mean, like that that's what teams do when they kind of know a guy isn't at that top starting level so um that to me that's a concern uh without a doubt i, I think the safety group is, is solid uh, you know I'm, I'm marvin really talked up jesse bates the other day i mean i i, I guess he's been solid I, I haven't seen him make any plays yet but i haven't seen him running behind anyone either <laughs> trying to Man. catch him so you know as a safety that's pretty good <laughs> um but yeah corner corner could be an issue james i, I mean i you know the longer Adam Jones hangs out there and the longer they wonder about this group or if there is an injury before the end of camp, um, that waiver wire might be something that they keep an eye on, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it is. And one name that Bengals fans were tossing around yesterday, and you probably said direct these tweets at Paul, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Orlando Scandrick, uh, he's available. I think he's in Kansas City today visiting. If that is a guy that's available? Do you think that's something that the Bengals could kick the tires on at some point this preseason? See, that that's the hard part of, of this conversation because a guy like Orlando Skandrick might be available now, but no doubt he's a guy who's looking for a starting job and might be able to find one. I mean, we're talking about finding a veteran who, if he signs, let's say, tomorrow, knows that, the best he's going to do is be the fourth corner and have to play special teams. Now, veteran guys who have a choice might not want to make that choice just yet. Um, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that guy's just not going to play. So, really, I think um, you're looking at more veteran. De- now, that could, hey, look, the longer he hangs out there, maybe, maybe that's what he is, and, and we don't know how the Bengals evaluate that type of player, but um, that's the hard part of this, James. Is is a starting caliber corners might pass on Cincinnati unless an injury happens. You know what I mean? And, and there's a, a clear job to be had. You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Osarski. We're talking Bengals with him for a few more minutes. It is as far as the the defensive line goes, and you mentioned safeties as well. But the defensive line to me has been such a, a strength and, and you've seen it do a complete 180 over the past 18 months or so and now I'm looking at Andrew Billings and it seems like he's getting it and looking like the guy they thought they got when they drafted him a couple years ago in the fourth round Sam Hubbard's looked good so far I think this might be their strongest position group maybe by far Jim which is crazy to think because if you would have told me this or told me that during the uh right before the 2017 draft that a year in, in four months later, we'd be talking about the defensive line being their best position group. 
I probably would have laughed at you, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pretty good group because, you know, a guy like Chris Baker gets lost in the shuffle, a free agent acquisition, who's been solid, you know, uh, this camp. I think Billings' emergence, at least the way he has looked, um, adds to that Carl Lawson, I think, looks better than he did a year ago when he was sort of that unknown. You know, a year ago this time, you're like, well, Sure, Carl Lawson looks great, but can he do it against real dudes? You know what I mean? And then obviously he can. Um, you know, to me, he's he's a pro bowler right now. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd argue with your best position group. I'd, I would just say the running backs are are that yeah, true. Uh, but but this D line, you're right. I mean, Geno Atkins looks like he deserves his extension. Carlos Dunlap looks like he deserves an extension into their their early thirties. You know, Sam Hubbard's been interesting to me, James. I, I don't know what I expected out of him. I, I thought he was a sort of rotational depth pick at best for this year, and he is really impressed. Uh, I mean, he, he can get edge pressure. Um, they're, they're moving him inside a little bit, kind of like what they do with Michael Johnson. He's getting inside pressure. Um, he's been pretty good. So you're right. I mean, and, and Jordan Willis, I think, has taken a step. So, you know, they've got a nice group of young guys last year. I guess Billings is two years ago now, three, mm-hmm. um, that are coming together. It is. It's, it, if they stay healthy, it could be a really, really strong group of nine that makes them for some <laughs> tough, active decisions on Sundays. Jim, you, you mentioned contract extensions, and I'll, I'll let you go on this. No contract extensions yet. I think there's certainly – probably some stuff going on behind closed doors. Is there anything new in that department that you want to uh, break here on ESPN 15? <laughs> I don't have news to break <laughs> other than, other than they are ongoing and they are talking. And, and here's the unique thing, you know, unlike say 15 when AJ green was extended or 14 when Andy Dalton was extended, you know, you got two guys right now who, you know, Gino, I mean, they're 30, Carlos is 30. Like, they're going to command top-of-the-market money. I think their age will prevent that. You know, Aaron Donald, I think, probably should make more money than Gino. Sure. Just because he's three years younger and, you know, a player of the year type of type of thing. But don't tell them that. I mean, their agents yeah. are going to try to get, you know, the best money possible. I mean, and obviously the Bengals want to protect cap space and understand they've got a they've got the situation with AJ in two years and Andy Dalton, two, you know what I mean? So they look in those five-year windows, the team does. So I, no, no breaking news. It's ha- it, they're talking um, put it this way. I, I don't, if there's any concern, I think Geno Atkins is definitely a Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengal in 2018. Uh, just cause I, I think they would franchise tag him in a heartbeat. You know, if they can't, if they can't get, yeah. an 18, so, you know, um, but yeah, I, they're, they're working on it. It's just whether or not they get it done or both of them done by the start of this season. But remember, there's that little window in early March before free agency as well. Sure. And last thing here for you, Jim, uh, over under, we always play over under some kind of game here on 360. If I, I said over under one and a half contract extensions getting done before the regular season by the Bengals with any of their players. I mean, we, we could be talking about Tyler Croft, CJ Uzama, someone like that. Uh, would you take the over or the under? Wow. Uh, can I push? 
Oh. <laughs> is there half, is there half a contract? <laughs> I put you right on the spot there. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with um, I'll go with under. Oh. And, and my wow. My, the reason my look if I was running the team, I pay number ninety seven. Sure. Whatever whatever that is, and you know uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And that might take a while to actually get done. And then I just sort of roll the dice. I mean, look, you know, this team isn't afraid to go to March. They've retained Vinny Ray, and they've retained Drake Kirkpatrick and Adam Jones. Once they've gotten to March, I understand the list that that go the other way there, James. But I think, you know, I I think they'd be willing to roll the dice on a Croft or a Uzama uh, or Vinny Ray in March if it meant Geno's taken care of. That's Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com. Uh, Jim was great throughout his time in Cincinnati. I actually got to catch up with him yesterday, had a few drinks, and it was it's bittersweet, man, because it, you never know what's going to happen selfishly, right? Like I've leaned on Jim, had him on the podcast multiple times. I've had him on the radio. Who's going to fill that spot? Is it someone that's going to be good enough to put on the radio? So selfishly, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, man, Jim, don't go. Plus, he's... I uh, got along with him. He's a good dude. So Jim Osarski, I wish him the best of luck in Milwaukee. But the the thing is, and the reason I included all of that there, how about the Geno Atkins thing? He thinks that thing is getting done, didn't he? It sounded like it's getting done. All right, we'll see. It'll certainly be interesting to see what happens there. By the way, the other day, just to update you, I played the game, the, the 10-10 game CJ Uzama and I talked about, and um, it's hard. 20,000 the first time I went 439 and and if you haven't seen this or you missed the CJ Uzama interview you can go back to an earlier podcast this week and listen but it's called 1010 like 1010 with an exclamation point and I got it in the app store on my iPhone and he said he had 20,000 plus points in this game I have no idea how he did it I, I told him today I'm gonna keep trying 439 was my debut we'll see if I can get better as that goes on tomorrow's show will preview tomorrow uh, or Saturday's game, excuse me, against Dallas, what I'm going to be looking for, what I hope happens and so much more. I'm James Erpine. Please, please, please do me a favor. Leave a five-star review on iTunes for this podcast. We have four and a half stars getting to that five number matters a lot in searches and things like that. When people look up Bengals, so it help other listeners, other Bengals fans find this podcast. We're the only daily Bengals podcast out there. So uh, please, please get the word out. And uh, you guys have been great about it. That's why I keep reminding you because you are the best. And um, always feel free to tweet me at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. You can email me as well, James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. Thanks to Tyler Boyd, by the way, for coming on. Thanks to Jim Osarski. Tyler Boyd was literally being bugged by a teammate. Not going to say who. And he said, no, bro, hold on. And he, he let me interview him for that five minutes. So that was great. He's one of my favorite players before, but that, I like it. So we'll see what happens this year. We'll preview tomorrow against uh, Dallas on tomorrow's podcast. Dallas, Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I can't wait for that either. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night. Be back tomorrow. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 